Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Amadan's Flow podcast. Ramadan Karim also, as it's the first day of Ramadan. Folks, it's been nearly a month since the last episode. Um, maybe you haven't noticed. I know I certainly did. Um, it's definitely not the level of activity I initially intended on when I kicked this podcast off at the very beginning. But I've had a think to myself just before coming on to record this introduction and I've decided to go easy on myself because despite perhaps letting myself down to a degree in terms of not producing the same output as I initially promised myself or held myself to certain standards or expectations I also didn't foresee a pandemic popping up and causing a wee bit of disruption so with that being said um, like everybody else as well you know it's not just a me problem I think that's the power of perspective it's, it's everybody I know every from speaking to friends and family and even through teaching as well and seeing the, the students log on to the e-learning every day I, it's, it's world world renowned at the moment everybody's doing it everywhere every corner of the world everybody's adjusting and trying their best to adapt um, through time hopefully in the very near future um, I trust that we will overcome as well so let's dive into today's episode well I'll be brutally honest with you Today, I have a brilliant podcast in store, and I need you to understand that I wouldn't say that for the sake of it, or I wouldn't say that lightheartedly. Um, the reason why I say that is because I remember I recorded this podcast three or four weeks ago um, with Kieran McMahon. Um, now, if you follow the Amadans Flow, social media pages, whether it be Facebook or Instagram, you'll be fairly familiar with, with who Kieran is uh, by now, because I reference and credit him that much. But Kieran and I recorded this podcast maybe three, four weeks ago, um, and that was that was really before COVID took over, you could say, or had a, had any any real impact um, it was just before things were starting to kick off so there was it was a period of unknown we didn't really know what we what was ahead of us what what we were getting into um, etc so this podcast actually had a, a very very big effect on my attitude and mindset at the time where as I say there was a lot of uncertainty and there still very much is um, and on the day we recorded two podcasts back to back the first podcast the first episode sorry is actually on Kieran's podcast which is the Lean Teacher podcast um, a, br- a brilliant podcast that I listen to regularly to be brutally honest with you again um, on that Kieran Kieran covers some very very important um, elements and aspects to health and fitness and just things that everybody needs to really be up to date with and pay a wee bit more attention to whether it be sleep or exercise or anything just keep keeping yourself in, in tip-top condition um, but as I say we if you want to pop over there the first episode 
uh, that we did that day is on the Lean Teacher podcast and then the episode that you're about to listen to was the second episode we did. Um, so why is it so special? Why do I think this episode is so special? Quite simply, it reminded me very much of... Well, I suppose after, after the podcast, I had the feeling that you tend to have after a very good deep chat with somebody of similar values or a similar belief system to yourself. Um, somebody that you can talk about deep topics with. Um, to be honest, I, I could chat to Kieran all day if I had the chance. Um, for example, the man... You could be in the middle of uh, talking and Kieran would bring up facts and points of view. And the facts and points of views that he brings to the table, he does it effortlessly. You know, like, he quotes numbers and statistics. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's when you know you're, you're operating at a, at a different calibre, you know. He, he, would, he would just... He'd, it just enriches the conversation, you know, which is tremendous. Um, and personally, I, I learn a lot from him. It's almost as if whenever I'm chatting here and I feel myself, my mind's going down alleyways and taking different diversions. And you'll you'll hear it on the podcast. There's there's a couple of times where there's that much going on that I want to stop him every so often, ask him questions about different things. But it's just a bombardment of of and wealth and of, of information being chucked about so it's brilliant um, first of all the call also involved me and Kieran getting ourselves into a, an online call because obviously Kieran's back home in Ireland and I'm in Abu Dhabi so that was a first for me um, and anybody that knows me at all knows I'm an absolute technophobe um, so thankfully Kieran was very understanding about that he was very gentle uh, he held my hand through the logging on process, you know. Um, so kudos goes to Kieran because without him, this episode probably, or not probably, most certainly wouldn't exist. Uh, why else is this episode so important or so enjoyable? Kieran introduced me to a word at the beginning of when I began talking to him and coming into contact with him, and the word is nuggets. Um, and that's basically a word that he uses if, say, for example, it's, it's a good piece of information or it's a good idea or it's, it's in any way valuable. Um, and that's exactly what is in this podcast, Nuggets. Um, because as, as I've alluded to already, he's truly a fountain of knowledge and you can tell he, he's, very, he's very well read. You know, he, he leaves no stone unturned, um, which is it's a dream to be uh, conversing with. We cover everything. Uh, from life in Abu Dhabi, how he kickstarted his teaching career, how he came out here, what his thought processes were, right up until fairly recently when he transitioned career path and he submerged himself fully and they following a dream of his, which has led him to change industry. Um, he speaks very, he speaks in detail and very openly about what that entailed um, and how he evolved outside of teaching. 
Um, so he, he talks about teaching, teaching and um, maintaining the, the the beginning or upkeep of his, his side hustle, you could say, and then now that his, his dream and his hobby has become his full time, which is sensational, you know, because there, there, there are so many people that are doing jobs that perhaps aren't really, it doesn't fulfil them. Now, I'm not saying teaching doesn't fulfil Cairn. He'd be the first to tell you he loved teaching. But I think it's very interesting. Again, you can take nuggets from it if it suits you. You know what I mean? If, if the shoe fits, try it on and wear it. Um, and then obviously we, we focused on Kieran's bread and butter, so he he does a, a very good job in motivating people, and he spoke about how to build good habits and the importance of a, a good healthy mindset towards challenges, which again is incredibly valuable for what we're going through at the moment in society and around the world. And finally, we ended with a few quickfire questions and muff busters, which again related to Kieran's field of expertise, uh, which is fitness. And this actually led to a few quality pieces of advice and tips from Kieran. So without further ado, I will I will share the essence of this podcast with you. Um, and again, this podcast came at a fantastic time for me, as I say, just at the very beginning of all this COVID carry-on. And I hope it has the same effect on you. Um, enjoy. Hello, Kieran. How's the form? I'm very well, Shawnee boy. How are you? I'm brilliant as well, Kieran. Thanks very much for joining me. We're doing a bit of a back-to-back here, so I don't mean to, I don't mean to be tiring you out. <laughs> You're all good, buddy. I, I'm loving this. I'm loving the chat. Here, just to begin with, would you mind giving us a, a quick uh, run-through of who you are, what you're about, what your story is? Yeah, so my name is Kieran McMahon. I'm, um, my brand, I suppose, is KM Fitness. And what I do is I help young, busy professionals get in the best shape of their life through fitness, through education on nutrition and daily habits, mainly, is one of the big things. And just uh, provide them, like the best ways possible to get in the best shape that they can and, and transform their body. So that's what I'm all about at the moment. And uh, yeah, I was a former school teacher. I was a school teacher for 10 years, a secondary school teacher in English and history and transitioned over to personal training, did personal training on the side of being a school teacher for a couple of years. That wasn't the case of working one-to-one with people, working in boot camps, group classes. And then I, tra- I started yeah. transitioning uh, online. So I started doing some online, some one-to-one uh, uh, personal training. And in the last uh, year, I've transitioned fully online. So now my service is helping people in all parts of the world, which is fantastic in the sense that it's super convenient for them. And it also yeah. allows me to help more people because I have more time back where I can help people in different ways. And I think probably in better ways than before, being perfectly honest, because now the accountability there is a lot more and they're getting more information. They get more contact time with me yeah. for a week as opposed to just maybe an hour a week in the gym. So yeah, it's been, it's, I mean, it's been yeah. a crazy, a crazy journey, but um, yeah, a really enjoyable one. And uh, I'm looking forward to maybe sharing some of that with you today. Brilliant, Kim, brilliant. We'll start off 
suppose it makes sense to start from the beginning, Ken, um, chronologically. So, obviously, you you just touched upon it there that eventually you came out to the UAE. Prior to coming out to the UAE, what was what was your day-to-day life like? Were you teaching back home? Were you teaching in the UK? What tell us a wee bit about that? So, for me, I came out to UAE in 2008, and I had just turned 21. I had just more or less finished college and in, in Limerick and I decided to basically just take a go on a wimp and come out to the UE. I had friends who had friends in the UE and I met, met a girl in Limerick in 2008 and uh, who was a friend of a friend spoke about Abu Dhabi and she said she should definitely go if you're not really too sure. I, I, I wanted to teach but I did a Bachelor of Arts, I did English and History as a Bachelor of Arts for four years yeah. in Limerick, so I had to do an, an additional HDIP on top of that. So I kind of wanted to try the waters. I'm, I'm kind of always in the philosophy that I'll never, I, I will try things 100%, but I always want to test things first. So I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted to teach, but I knew it was something that I was keen on and interested in. So I said I'd give it a go for a year. Came out to Abu Dhabi, and that ended up being two years, and amazing two years teaching. And then I said, right, I'm going to go all helpful out of here. So I decided to get uh, qualified. I did my HDIP, then in Galway, went back home for a year, it was before the HDIP actually turned to two years, I think it is now, but this was back in 2010. Yeah. Um, went back to Galway, uh, NUIG, did my year um, HDIP, and uh, then got qualified in that, and came straight back out to Abu Dhabi again, and it was a time just after <laughs> jobs weren't, like there wasn't a huge amount of jobs, especially in the West of Ireland, it was kind of a case of, right, if you want to teach, you're probably going to have to go to Dublin, and I, I, I said, no, yeah. I, I want to go back out to Abu Dhabi, I really enjoyed the two years out there, I had still some friends out there, so I went back out and yeah. I was there from 2011 or yeah, 2011, 2010, 2011 up until uh, summer last year, which was 2019. So all in all, I was in the um, the UAE in Abu Dhabi for 10 years. Um, so wow. yeah, so it was a all my 20s. It's funny, like I said to people, yeah, I spent my entire 20s in the United <laughs> Arab Emirates. But yeah, it was amazing. You, you became a man in the UAE. I became a man in the UAE. <laughs> So, Kieran, are you? Am I right in saying that for the first two years you were out here, you just had a normal degree? Yeah, um, so you, I was. I was never... working in. Yeah, I was working in just with a bachelor of arts degree. In the school I was in, uh, we're just looking for kind of, and it wasn't. It was teaching English as a curriculum. We're following the English system, but things weren't as strict as they are there now. This was over ten years ago, maybe twelve years ago, yeah. and it was a case of yeah, your bachelor of arts degree was allowed. You, you could teach with that. Um, yeah and uh, so it was great and there was a lot of Irish teachers in particular in the school I was in it was great but we're all in our early 20s and you can imagine we had a good time and so uh, and I know from, from, yeah, from speaking from speaking to you before it was very similar to what a lifestyle would have been in Ireland only with sunshine the social life was a bit a bit mad it was crazy and uh, it was one thing I found that was quite strange speaking to people when I came home because the idea back then that Abu Dhabi first of all people didn't know where it was and um, they always thought Dubai was a country and Abu Dhabi was in Dubai and it was talk a bit of experience yeah. for that and then they thought it was in Saudi Arabia and it was a case of you're not able to drink there and I was like no that's not yeah, the, place. Yeah. the place and you're, it, it's still the same it's still the same for some people and you can't drink yeah. over there no trust me the, the social life is, is nuts uh, the brunches yeah. and the ladies nights and this that and the other so as, as a young 20 year old it was good it was a good place to be at the time you fold your boots <coughs> you said it I know because he even uh, me as well, like I had done the sober October there a few months back. And a few of my friends, especially from Derry, were like, we're hardly giving you money, Sean. Like, you're in the desert, sure, you're not really drinking, right? And I was like, boys, you would be surprised. Like, 
it's it's more of an issue here to avoid drinking than it is back home. Like. Oh, because yeah. <clears throat> it's just there's so much spare time and opportunities to enjoy yourself over here. Like. This is this is the thing, and there's so many other events going on, and that's especially in the last number of years, the amount of worldwide events, uh, concerts, Formula One. There's always something that yeah. the club world championship and stuff is there. There's always sporting events, there's always big uh, music events happening. So there's always things to do. So yeah, the social life over there is second to none, being perfectly honest, compared to anywhere else I've been. Oh, definitely, it's it's a big, big hub of activity. So you're you're never stuck for something you do. Kieran, whenever you came out, maybe for the first two years, someone who didn't have any teaching experience, compared to after you got your your teaching degree. What type of things were you looking for? Because obviously you're probably more aware of certain packages they look for or certain perks that you wanted from your contract. How, how did you go about maybe going for specific jobs rather than just taking the first one, the first opportunity that came? Yeah, um, so initially, as I said, when I went out first, it was a case of, well, I'm just going to join this school because this is where my friend had been. And uh, the great yeah. thing about a lot of the schools over there was a sense that your accommodation was provided. So you didn't actually have to go and look for your own accommodation. You got a set wage, it was tax free. And um, it was yeah. very, very easy. So I suppose when I went back out, I actually uh, went back to the same school that I had been in. And I kind of just, I just wanted to get another job, get settled in there. And then I decided to go from there. And I suppose yeah. it was a case of looking for, I suppose, the, the standard of teaching. Because I know in, in, in the UAE, there's so many different schools that were there that yeah. I wanted to find a, a, a school that had a good education system that they were using and that the staff were quite good and and, the, and it was run very well because again I had heard horror stories of certain schools you know that they were run in different ways I wanted yeah. to make sure that the, my, the yeah. people I was working with you know were, were people I could learn from that was one key thing for me personal development was a massive thing and it was a case of right I'm still yeah. quite new to all this teaching even though it was a couple of years in I, I didn't think that I knew everything. I wanted to learn from other people. I wanted to get good professional development. Yeah. wanted a chance to grow and improve my career as much as possible. So that was probably my main driver then was looking at the reputation of schools. Which schools were, one, yeah. the staff weren't. Because the thing is in the UAE, I found people will stay for a couple of years and they'll move on. So the case is if you're not in a, in a work environment where you're happy, you are yeah. likely to move. So I was looking at, right, how long are teachers staying in certain schools? And ultimately I got into a school, a fantastic school. I was there for seven years, eight years, and um, stayed in the same school the whole way through. And I think that really helped me in the UE because it turned out that I, I felt settled more or less straight away. I built friends who didn't want to yeah. move either. And it was a case that That's my close network at school were kind of similar to people I was hanging around with after school or friends of friends. And it was it made the whole transition, the whole much easier. That's it. It's that familiarity, isn't it? It's almost like being back home. You're used to if you're used to seeing the same people and the same places doing the same thing, it, it feels like second nature. Definitely. And as you say, I've experienced that myself in terms of working with a few people, a few of the boys, and then you'd end up playing football or Gaelic with them and in the afternoon so you tend to be spending a lot of your spare time with these people that you're actually spending a lot of your working time with as well so definitely it builds that sense of community away from home which is brilliant yeah yeah just touched upon it there about how for you the main focus was self-improvement and you're always looking to learn from other people now i know you maybe a short space of time now you maybe just over six seven months and i think that's one of the things that i've picked up from you as a as an individual how 
you crave different ways to improve yourself or different ways to expand your brand and that's something that I massively am inspired by is that something you try and make consistent not just professionally but also personally yeah like uh, if, you, if you asked me that question six or seven years ago when we, I, I wouldn't have answered yeah. it when I answer now like for me the most important asset that I own is myself and in order to to do better in what I do on a day-to-day basis I'm always trying to improve myself and so personal development is huge so what I found is that yeah. I try to dedicate and, and, and it's like a habit like anything else I think everybody deep down wants to improve an area of their life no matter what it is and no matter where they are they always want to improve an area but sometimes they don't know how to go about it and the way I started was I, I literally started listening to podcasts that, and that and, and, and reading books and it was a case of it was mainly podcasts or audible first when that came out and I started listening to books I found it useful when I was going for runs or when I was on the exercise bike yeah. and it was a case of right I can listen to this and get some knowledge and then I started reading more yeah. and the thing is when you're busy and I, and I totally get it because a lot of my clients are, are busy professionals you, you don't have the time and a lot of time we don't give ourselves enough time to do things we actually want to do so it's a case of being very disciplined in the beginning to find a specific point in your day to put that in and like for me personally I'm, I'm really bullish when it comes to morning routines and stuff like that but my morning routine yeah. after I make a coffee and have some water it's 15 minutes of reading um, and I have the book out like where we're recording this right now yeah. my book is here that I'm currently reading at the moment it's, it's, it's easy to get to and that's another thing I would say make it easy yeah. for and it's 15 minutes it's, and people will think 15 minutes is not a lot and it's not a lot but if you, if, for me if I read 15 yeah. minutes a day over the course of 7 days that's over 2 hours I think it's over 2 hours my maths aren't great but it's close to 2 hours of it's almost 2 hours of professional development and that's 2 hours a week yeah. so over a month that's 8 hours over the year like it, it, it really does end up and it compounds up and that's and then I listen to different things like in the car or if I'm going for a walk I'll have a podcast on or an audible book on so I'm, get, I'm getting a lot of information and without knowing it you're learning. A lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves. Oh, I have to read this book and I need to I need to understand everything and I need to implement everything. Like I always go into with something like that going, if I can take one piece of information, one thing, just one thing, whether it's a lecture I go to, whether it's something I watch on YouTube, whether it's a book, if I can take one thing, then it's a massive win. Yeah. Because one small thing over the course of everything you listen to or read is going to compound into a huge different long term. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I incorporate it. Some really good points there, Kieran, that you've, you've highlighted. One of them was discipline. I know that's something, especially me, I've I've struggled with a lot over the past couple of years in particular. And again, as you say, it's just about a lot of people have good intentions. A lot of people want to do it, but it's the know-how. Or very often, it's not even really the sense of know-how. It's the, it's the, it's the preconceived idea that if I'm to do this, then A, B, C and D needs to be in order. Whereas a lot of the time, as you know yourself, getting started is probably just the best way to get going in the first place and making small bits of improvement. Yeah, taking action. I, I'm a massive advocate of that. Like everybody, you know, we're all we're the easiest person to fool is ourselves. And you're always, yeah. looking, always people are looking for, I suppose, oh, I'll, I'll try it tomorrow. I'll try it next week. It's not a good time now because X is sick or I've got, I'm very busy at work or I've got this on. There's never a good time to start anything. You just need to just start. Yeah. And if it's just literally for one minute, I said to people like, going for a walk for five minutes today is better than not going for a walk at all. And if it's just five minutes, it's five minutes better than what it would have been. 
and it's it's small simple steps being disciplined like any habit one of the key things that i'm always trying to suggest to my clients is and it's habit formation is is the is the way to move forward and and trying to adopt a new habit you have to start small you have to start small and it has to be yeah. easy and that's why i make my reading as easy and uh, as possible now i didn't start with 50 minutes i started with 5 minutes i used to read for 5 minutes and the book was easy to get to so like the book is literally on the chair so th- there's no way around it there's no there's no difficulty and when you know it's only 5 minutes to do something it's not a lot of time and you do it the first day it's not that bad yeah. you do it the second day it's not that bad that's it compounds it compounds it compounds it's like training as you know yourself once you get into a routine of doing it it becomes part of your day and uh for me like going to the yeah. gym or going exercising if I don't do it I feel strange now or if I wake up and I don't read yeah. I feel weird it's it's yeah. a strange thing because it's been ingrained you know but you 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 successfully managed to pull that into your day-to-day routine which is brilliant like yeah. um you just said something there Kieran about there's a really good point I was going to ask you about this happened in the last <laughs> the last chat well so seeing of your reading Kieran Do you read books to catch your eye, or do you specifically set out to read self-improvement books, or what what type of literature would you consume? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so, um, two two ways to look at this. Thank you. Uh, huh? Thank you. <laughs> When it comes to books, <laughs> when it comes to books, I yeah, personal development is my majority of books I consume. I read fiction. So fiction before bed that's why I do before bed helps me switch off for 10 minutes so I have a fiction book beside my bed again it's easy to do it's part of my nighttime routine but when it comes to professional development I always uh, listen so when people suggest books so people I would listen to on podcasts if they suggest books I will I will always I have a notes section in my phone I've got a list of books that are so I, I don't have to think about what book to buy I never type in the best books in professional development I normally get recommendations from people I look up to that's one way I go about it yeah. the second thing is and it depends on what I'm interested at the time so um initially when I started off coaching a number of years ago it would have been nutrition books and I'm still interested in nutrition books and exercise I'm trying to keep up to date with different things that would be my initial interest then it kind of came to how to be more productive during your day and 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 different habits that I can use to help my clients and myself and now even recently I'm 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 I've got an interest in property and it's something I I'm investing in all that kind of line is something I'm I'm thinking ahead over the next 10 20 years I need to be more knowledgeable on that right. so a lot of my books now at the moment are either that I'm listening to or podcasts are linked towards investing linked towards property and again ways to kind of just improve um your day to day like the book I'm reading at the moment is Life Leverage by Rob Moore Rob Moore is property investor he's an entrepreneur fantastic businessman and that book is all about um how you can just you know improve your day to days by just doing simple things right and how you can be more productive and it's sort of some again if i can get one yeah. from from the book i'm happy you know that's it exactly um it's quite interesting now you said that obviously what your reading materials change depending on what phase you're going through or what notions you have and at the moment it's property and investments i'm actually trying to do the same myself so what i would find myself doing is if i was cooking or whatever and the background I have on a podcast or in property investment or you know whatever and for me because I'm coming up with absolutely no prior knowledge nothing at all I'm finding myself here in terminologies and words that I haven't a clue about but and what's a starting point so if I hear a word that maybe is foreign to me and I'm not too sure of I'll end up looking on this and find out more about it but as you say it's 
it goes back to what you were saying earlier about your own personal development. It's bit by bit. So the fact that even though I am getting caught up on bits and pieces of language or terminology, that progress is better than, than nothing, I suppose. Brings me to the next question, Kieran. Yeah. You mentioned earlier on, and you probably didn't even realise I was paying attention, but you you mentioned that you've got a mentor. Yeah. A mentor. When at what stage um, did that enter the equation for you? Did you think a mentor would be a good idea for me? Yeah, like um, I think with it's a really good question by the way. Um, when it comes to mentors, and I say to people, a mentor, um, and I, I initially when I thought of mentors, it's like oh, there's somebody who's low the money and really successful and you're going to be gathered around a table and it's like you're, you're learning from them which is a, like a, a lot of people assume that's what a mentor is a mentorship can come from loads of different things in the case of following somebody on a podcast that initially that was my mentorship it was basically listening to two or three people who I would regularly tune into their episode every week and that was the knowledge I was getting from them I would try to implement different things to help my myself move forward so that, that's what I initially started with and then I realized the value yeah. of Again, your mentorship can come from your books. Um, and then it was a case of, right, um, when it came to my coaching, um, I was getting you know, results in the coaching. I really enjoyed the coaching, but it was the business side of the coaching that, that I knew I needed to improve on. So it was a case of, right, this area of my life needs work. I need to find somebody who can help me with this. So it was first of all, it was a matter of uh, joining a community and, and, and getting involved in that and being led and, and learning. It's like a college course as such. And then since then, it's been kind of more working on a more kind of intimate level with somebody else. And again, just sharing obstacles uh, and learning. Because the thing is, yeah. a lot of people, and we talked about this before about perfection. There's no such thing as perfection. And yeah. if you try for perfection, you're never really going to be happy or satisfied. It's a matter of you have to just do the best you can. You will fail at different things. You will not succeed at different things. But they're the things that you will get the most value from. Because when it happens again, You've already experienced it. You know what worked, what didn't work, and yeah. you give it and go. So, um, as I said, like the mentorship for me now is I'm in a business mentorship, which is amazing. And but before it was a case of starting off it was literally podcasts and books, and and it just kind of progressed into yeah. a community and, and up along. So I, I honestly think that, and I think I said it already, that I'm investing in yourself. You are your best asset. Like, like you are with yourself every single day. What you put into your mind. Is how you feel and how you think on every single every single day. Like I think we think something like ninety thousand thoughts a day, uh, and the majority of those, you know, we, we actually listen to over and over again. It's the same thoughts coming, but if those thoughts are good thoughts and I'm yeah. in the right direction, I win. Yeah. And you can learn from other people. That's another thing. Learn from the mistakes of other people is is such. I think like we're so lucky today that we've got technology, social media, that people share things. There's podcasts. You can learn from yeah. those mistakes so you don't make them. Like if we you thought about 30, 40 years ago, you'd have to, there's no way of getting that information. You'd actually have to go through it yourself. Whereas now yeah. we can actually, we're very lucky, I think, so privileged to have all the information we have today. Definitely. And I think even what you just mentioned there about experience and failure and setbacks, it's very easy to go at something new, all guns blurring. And then as soon as you're hit with a certain obstacle or something doesn't go your way, it can be very easy to say, ah, oh, well, that was it. I tried it, it didn't work out. Whereas, as you say now, with technology and all the rest, we're able to see others that have tried it, faced some of the obstacles, which you've mentioned that your mentor and you discuss, and approaches that they've taken to overcome it. Brilliant, lovely stuff there, Kieran, about the, not even having a physical mentor as in like a, another person, but also using books and podcasts as mentors. Yep. 
Because yeah, I, I would, I would. It, it's funny, like Sorry, even, go ahead. yeah. When I was teaching, you know, I, the, the students. It's so funny. The students are always looking for, you know, they're always trying to trying to get better results and and different things. And I would always always give them, teach them as best I could. But I would say to them, listen, guys. <clears throat> I want you also to go home and go on YouTube and listen to other students who are now in university. Like there's, it's it's amazing, take not like the advantages of technology that a student could literally go home studying for, would say, a leaving start back in Ireland or their GCSEs, A levels, whatever it was, and they could go on YouTube and listen to a student who literally went through the exams last year, who got top marks or who struggled with certain areas, and they will actually show them different ways of actually experiencing it and I'm like you will probably resonate with that person a bit more and you'll learn so much more from that and that is mentorship like YouTube is mentorship books are mentorship and it's all free which is just unreal being honest There's so much opportunity there definitely I think that was one of the things that I've noticed since coming over here I just I began because again as you're saying I began looking on the like investments and what is this because I heard so much about it and it was just another way that I would try and self-improve um, and just by following Instagram pages was the first way that I had started doing it. Who we were posting regular pictures of positivity and encouragement for people who are just starting out. And one of the posts was, it was like a snapshot of six different logos. And it was like areas where you can go to get free education. And that blew my mind. Before I knew it, I was on trying to complete a free course in early property investment knowledge. And I was like, what? You know, just to go from nothing to that straight away. Whereas you say, not even 30, 40 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, that would have been rocket science to a lot of people. Like Exactly, yeah. We're very privileged, very lucky to be the time we are at right now. Yeah. We, we have a lot of resources at our disposal. Kieran, just going to bring you back very quickly in terms of when you're in UAE, because I'm very mindful of time as well, and we're a busy man. When you're in the UAE, what, how did you find progression in your career? Did it happen at a fast rate, at a rate that you were happy with? How did you find it? It's funny, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, initially, it was a case of I wasn't, when I went over first, for the first number of years, I wasn't interested in progression in my career. I was happy to be yeah. there. I was happy to... <laughs> Probably a lot of people listen God, yeah, that's, that's me as well. And if, honestly, if we had this conversation <laughs> a number of years ago, I, I wouldn't have been interested yeah. in... Maybe I wanted to progress myself. Of course, I did want to improve as a teacher, but it wasn't a case of... Right, I, I was very, very happy... Yeah, I was happy, Not uh, five days a week, in you go, teach your um, students, get good results with them, leave, have your weekend. And that was me for a long, long time. And it wasn't until, as I said, I kind of made that switch where I took my health and fitness a bit more serious. I uh, started investing more time in myself that I was like, Do you know what? An opportunity, it kind of happened without, without me even planning. An opportunity came up in the school I was in for a head of department role and uh, hadn't planned to be a head of department in the school. And I'd been there a couple of years and I was like, Do you know, what? I, me- I remember going back and speaking to um, one of the guys I was in with at the time and he was like, mate, you should just try it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I was like, yeah, sure. It's an interview and sure. experience. And you know what? For, those, for that week before the interview, <laughs> I was bricking it, like being honest. And I was like, I didn't know what kind of what thing was going for. <laughs> But I just put a lot of time and effort into preparing for that interview. And you know what? I learned a huge amount in that week about myself and preparing and so on. And, so on. Yeah. and I ended up getting the, the job. And, and I was delighted with that. <laughs> and it was a case of, well, I've got this job now. What? Now I'm a leader of a team. Now you're the hard work, Oh, I was like, this is totally, this, this is not your normal rock up <laughs> teacher lessons and go home again. This is a totally different ballgame. Yeah. So um, then I had a yeah. team. I, I had to manage. And then it was, a, it was a complete different, it was a pivot. I had to, 
completely alter and change the way that I thought about work, uh, how I thought about relationships, yeah. and yeah, it was I, I learned and grew personally so much in that first year that it's, it was invaluable. Yeah. It was uh, like yeah. again, like you can you can read as much personal development as you want, and um, but unless you actually experience things, and this is what I go back to. I, I made loads of mistakes. I made loads of mistakes um, leading the team and managing people. I obviously did the best I could, but it was learning those mistakes yeah. through them that made me a better person. Do you know what I mean? And again, it's, it, it comes to anything in life, whether it's health and fitness. And this is when, it, like, I always, like, one of my main things now was obviously getting people in shape and dieting. And I speak to a lot of people who've gone through lots of different diets. And I'm asking, why, have they, why did they fail? And it's like, Okay, it was too restrictive. I didn't like the foods. Yeah, okay, let's not make the same mistakes again. Like another diet is just going to give you the same results. You need to find a different solution. Yeah. You need to learn from your mistakes. So learning from my mistakes. Changes. Oh, and, and like that year, I think has probably been was probably the most biggest biggest year that kind of made me who I am today. To be perfectly honest. So it was, it was an amazing. It was amazing. It just as I said, it came out of the blue. Hadn't planned for it. When it did come out, I said I'll, I'll chance it. Like like most of that, I have a chance to see if I get on. And it worked out. And and then from there, I was head of the department then for uh, three to four years, um, managing the team before I, I left teaching in completely. Um, but it was fantastic. Yeah, really really good. Brilliant, Kieran. Brilliant. And from what you've said there as well, it's very clear, maybe unintentionally, but the most productive year or year that you learned the most obviously came from just simply putting yourself outside your comfort zone and putting bigger expectations on yourself so that's that's really important especially if people do want to move out or if they're considering moving out a lot of it is just down to shall I give it a go and if the worst comes to the worst it is what it is very interesting Kieran now Kieran we're going to move on now towards maybe the end of your time in the UAE Right. So you touched upon there that you began doing your personal training while you're in Abu Dhabi. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was doing it kind of. I was, I was, I was teaching it and being a head of the department, and I started doing personal training alongside initially. Yeah. And Kieran, even whenever you're doing, so obviously you're not just teaching, you're not just head of the department, but you're also being a personal trainer, plus having your friends and your relationship. How did you find managing your time and making time for everything? Yeah, it was. I can see. It was. It was a struggle. I have to say, like, um, yeah, it was hard, and I had to be super disciplined. And I think from that again, I learned so much about how to be more productive in my day because I was juggling a lot of different balls. And it wasn't a case, and I wanted to be. I wanted to be doing the best I could for all those different areas. You know what I mean? So, and um, yeah. days were longer. My I was up earlier every single morning for sure. Uh, my mornings started at some like I was doing boot camp sometimes at half four. I, I remember doing a book of a four o'clock in the morning uh, because there was a group oh. of, yeah, there was, it was crazy when I think back of it. There was a group of people. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I would do a boot camp. I'm not, I'd be up at four. So the boot camp would start at half four in the morning to half five because these people, like in the UE, you know, work starts earlier than it does in Ireland and the UK. And some people have to work first seven. And um, so they wanted to get their yeah. workout done. They wanted to get their hour boot camp done. Home shower change and go to work. So we had to start the boot camp at around uh, half past four till half past five, so that they could be home and showered and changed by half past six to go to work. So I remember there was a, a stage of that. It was like do that. Then I was going doing maybe a one-to-one -one personal training session afterwards. Then going to work, and then doing the day of work, and then whatever needs to be done there, and then go and do more coaching afterwards, and then get home. And being honest, that year. Um, was tough. I'm not gonna lie. It was really, really hard, and I was obviously trying to uh, stay in good shape myself. 
uh, manage a relationship yeah. and uh, my social life I think the biggest thing that took hit was definitely my social life and I, I didn't really have a social life for those number of months but I knew at the end of it it was going to be worth it because I had a purpose I wanted to transition into my own business I wanted to help people in health and fitness yeah. more and I was like right to get there this is what I need to do and I had a plan in place I think that's super important for anybody who's either thinking of going out to the UE or going to another country or, or changing anything Put a plan in place. Don't just jump into it. Like I could have easily just said, right, I'm, I'm not teaching anymore. I'm going to be a personal trainer. That was not, that wouldn't have been a sensible thing to do because I could have found I didn't really like personal yeah. training. I didn't really know. So I was like, right, I'm going to try this for a couple of years. I'll do it on the side, see how I like it. Yeah, and, and, and you need to test things. Testing and tracking things is super important. I'm a massive advocate of that. So, um, so yeah, it was tough. And, and, it, and it came down to being disciplined and having specific blocks. My weekends... Yeah, again, I was doing a lot of coaching at the weekends and stuff as well. And But the, the, the thing about it was, I enjoyed it. Do you know what I mean? If I didn't enjoy it, I, w- I wouldn't have been able to stick to it. I, en- I really enjoyed the coaching, the classes I was doing. I really enjoyed the teaching and the team I was working with in school. And even though the days were long, and I was staying on top yeah. of my nutrition. I made sure I was eating good choices so I wasn't run down and all those kind of things, which I did automatically anyway. So that really helped. My sleep yeah. was more or less on point. Um, but again, I enjoyed it, and um, and I knew there was a purpose to it. I knew there was a reason why I was doing it. I kept reminding myself when yeah. those days were long, going, "This is why you're doing it." So yeah, it was tough. It was. It, I enjoyed it. It was great. I think that's very interesting, Kieran, what you just said there, because we in the podcast we done just before this for your podcast, mm. we were talking about how I sacrifice. Obviously, whenever you've got such a cram schedule, something has to give. And I sacrificed my own sort of health and routine and fitness and all this, which obviously isn't healthy. But you made a decision to not sacrifice, so to speak, but you know, cut down on your social life. And did you feel you've obviously felt a lot more productive for doing that as well? Hundred percent. Like one of the things I, I give up alcohol for now for about nine months. So I was preparing for a photo shoot for myself personally at around the same time as well. So I need to make sure my training and my nutrition was more or less on point. So I gave up alcohol for nine months, not because alcohol is is the magic solution, but it was the way that yeah. um, I was able to still go out with my friends, but I wouldn't stay out as late. So I would normally go home around midnight as opposed to staying out two or three in the morning. And that, that would allow me to get up at a seven o'clock on the weekend mornings and still be productive all day, get my coaching done, get different things done. And I wasn't hungover. Whereas before, a year earlier, it would have been a case of staying out at three or four, staying in bed till 11 or 12, feeling hungover, getting back yeah. on again. And you just feel rubbish and you get nothing done. So like, I, 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 I do have a couple of drinks now and, um, and it's perfectly fine. But I definitely, that was one switch where I suppose it was binge drinking, being honest. Like, it was, it was not a way around it. Like, yeah. when I was getting absolutely smashed, you know, like in your early 20s. That's so it's the culture as well. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, you're a product of your environment, like, definitely. Yeah, no, 100% today. Um, I found um, myself as well. I'm trying to do a similar thing at the minute in terms of I didn't drink there for a period of time since New Year's Eve up until maybe last week, two weeks ago. And I've noticed my relationship with alcohol too has completely changed because of that time away from it. In terms of, I've seen, I've seen the light, you know, I've seen the brighter side of the advantages of what comes as a result of not being run down, worn out, with a sore head, feeling lethargic, all these things that are part and part. What were we talking about there? Um, so, yeah, uh, I think what we because <laughs> I'm, <just talking> <laughs> I'm doing a live here on my Instagram as well and I was just talking to the people there if they have any questions that pop them in um, so we're still about oh, alcohol and the amount, of car- 
The clarity, the clarity from alcohol, from from lack of it, from reducing it. The clarity, that's it. But I think we're talking about being a product of your environment, and it is, it is. It's hard to say no to to your friends, or you know, I want to go for pints. And it's at the beginning, it is hard. But through time, whenever you start seeing things weighed up, you realise it's it's for the better and it's worthwhile. But Kieran, just before we got cut off, there, I was asking you, don't worry, Kieran, the end is near. So when you were coming towards the end of your time in Abu Dhabi, yeah. what what was your decisive factor? What, what were the things weighing up that made you think, you know what, it's enough's enough, I'm ready to go, return back to the homeland? Yeah, a very good question. I suppose, I don't know, the UAE is a fantastic place to live in. And there were certain things that frustrated me about, about, about the way of life there that sometimes can be frustrating. And, but I just, I, I thought long term to go, right, think along the next five, ten years, having a family, being married, all that kind of stuff. Do I want to live in the UAE long term? And the answer was no, and, and and I made a decision with my partner to we, we sat down and we said right, what what does the next five years look like? And I think that's a really useful exercise for a lot of people. Is again, um, yeah. I mentioned the whole autopilot thing. As a teacher in particular, everybody uh, teachers will look towards Christmas, then towards Easter, towards the summer, and repeat. And before you know it, five years are gone. Whereas you actually think about right in five years time, what would I like to be doing? Where would I like to be living? How would I want my days to days to look? And I'm always looking like that. Ten years, five years, three years, one year, whatever it is. And um, yeah. when I thought about that five years down the line, we decided, yeah, the UE is a fantastic country, but it's not where we want to raise our family. Yeah. So I was like, right, I knew, yeah, I knew for myself personally, growing up in in the west coast of Ireland in primary school, it was probably like, it's, it's probably one of the best educations you can get being in an Irish primary school just socially and I, I, I thought that yeah that's that's where I want my, my kids to grow up so I was like right um, and then my partner as well she was just finishing a master's it was just the right time for us to go and so that's why I was transitioning myself online anyway so allow me that freedom. Yeah. Like, like, I, like a lot of the clients I was working with now, but Abby, I still work with now in the last year, and they're still with me a year, and it's fantastic. They're still working in their Brilliant. gym, but I'm coaching them from here, and, and it works really well. So um, it all yeah. kind of fell into place, and, and then, yeah, I think that looking at long-term five years down the line was the major question and then the major turning point. Brilliant. So just, just setting goals and keeping in check with yourself, not letting time run you, run you ragged. Brilliant. And Kieran, how since you've moved home there in the summer, how have you found the transition from moving to Abu Dhabi? Obviously the rammed pack schedule over here. How do you find it now being back home? Um I, I, I've loved it, being honest. It, I get I get asked that from anybody who I meet to go how moving back. Because I it was it was, I suppose, a case of I wasn't too sure. I've I've heard stories of people found it very difficult to settle back in. But what really helped yeah. me was a sense that I knew I was coming back trying to grow my business. Um I was I was on a new path, I back at home and I also didn't when I moved back to Ireland, I didn't move back to where I was from initially. I moved down here to Cork, which I'm from originally from Clare. So I was still in a new environment, new people, uh, a new town that really helped. And being honest, I, I've really barred the cold mornings, which is the hard part, I suppose. Barred that, uh, <laughs> it's it's been really good. Back to some fresh air and back to longer evenings mm. was a thing I really loved because in the UE, you know yourself, like it gets dark around the same time every every evening. Do you know what I mean? It's dark around seven o'clock, mm. summer or winter. Whereas I came back in the summertime in yeah. Ireland, and it was bright until 10 or 11 o'clock and, and that lasts up until October, November. And it, it's a case of, yeah, I found it, I found it being on Lucky so far, really enjoy being back, back in Ireland and uh, yeah, really, really, really happy with the move, being honest. That's very interesting you said that, Kieran. 
about the long grievance. I've been out here eight months now, I don't think I've even put two and two together. <laughs> I'll be more aware of that now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. that well, out. Every, every time that it starts getting darker, I'll be thinking, oh, geez, that's right, Kieran did say it gets darker over here. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, I have a Kieran, as, as you say, where even though you've moved home, you're still adjusting to somewhere new in a different town and all the rest. It sounds brilliant. And I'm sure you're, you're close enough to home compared to a seven hour flight, so it's, it's the best of both worlds. It's, it's far enough away to, yeah. to maybe do your own thing, but also close enough to pop in whenever you need to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know 100%. Like, I, I can nip home, it's two hours to get home, do you know what I mean? So it's not not, a, not an issue. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Kieran, we'll be wrapping this up shortly. Before we close it in, I've just got a few quick firing questions based on health and, health and fitness. All right, right. okay, some of these. Some of these are my own questions. Some of these I've just thought off the top of my head, you know, just to keep you busy. I like keeping you in your toes, Uh Kieran, first question. What's your view on stretching? Stretching, yeah, good question. Stretching is, is, is really important. I think mobility is really, really important. I think the older we get, it's something we should definitely adapt. Um, but it's a type of stretching. I see a lot of people coming into a gym, for example, and they'll do the usual hamstring stretch, quad stretch, and so on. Yeah. Um, but just know that, yeah, yeah <laughs> there you go. And that comes, I suppose, from GA background, <laughs> like it comes back from training, yeah. football, and so on. Like the thing is, know why you're stretching. What is the purpose of it? I always ask people, why do you, what are you doing that for? Is it because you've seen somebody doing it or has it somebody told you to do it, whatever it is? So stretching like yeah. is really important post-workout more than anything else in the sense that you want to make sure that uh, you've got a good cool down after your training session and you're recovering, you're, you're recovering that bit better. Before you uh, work out, it's better to do a, a more of a dynamic stretch. So basically you're doing some movement. So a stretch with a movement, uh, yeah. like some lunges, pause lunges, or squats, things like that, where you'll, you'll stretch out your hips or an area that you'll be working on but you're also getting some blood flow into the muscle as well. And you're getting your body kind of primed and ready to do a workout. So it's, it's, a, it's a case of, yeah, stretching is super important, but I would be mindful of the type of stretching you're doing. So more static stretching, where you're not moving after your workout and then more dynamic stretching where you are moving, getting yourself ready before the workout. But yeah, two, three minutes before and after, great, great, great um, thing to have in your workouts. Very interesting. Good man, Kieran. Next one, Kieran. Let's say, for example, I've got a bit of a gut on me, right. a bit of a belly. Is Would you say there's a certain way somebody can target a specific part of their body, or is that a myth? It is more or less a myth. Now, there is the argument that you can target a particular part and get some blood flow to it that can speed things up. But yeah. long story short, and, and I get that question all the time, how can I lose... Uh, how can I lose belly fat? How can I lose uh, fat in, under my arms? How can I lose fat in my thighs? Whatever yeah. it is. But to lose body fat, your body basically has to be in a calorie deficit. So in other words, it has to burn more energy than it's consuming. Now, for guys in particular, you're gonna hold more body fat in your tummy area and your chest area. For females, you're gonna hold it more in your hips and your bum and places like that. So that's just the way we've been built. That's just the way our bodies work uh, for the majority of people. So it's normally the places where you wanna get rid of it is the last place it's gonna go from. And that's the frustrating part. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, like as, as speaking to yourself and your transformation you probably lost it in your face first and your arms and and it's for guys it's like i don't yeah. want to lose any weight in my arms or my shoulders or my chest i want those to be bulky i want those to be looking strong i want to lose my tummy and i'm like fortunately we're just going to have to gradually reduce body fat eventually yeah. we'll go into those last part areas 
and then you just have to be patient. The consistency wins the game long term. I, if um, that's I'm all, I'm all about that. It's all about consistent actions and just sticking to it. Keep things going and just know that it will eventually leave a certain area. But you can't go right. I just want to lose body fat in my tummy, and that's it. Everything else has to stay the same. It just won't work like that. So that's me. Powerful stuff, yeah. You're you're dropping knowledge on us here like it's hot. Here, next question. Yeah. Let's say hypothetically, I have I have a wedding in three weeks' time. Right. I'm thinking about going on shakes. What would be your advice? Um, that's a very good question. So, if your wedding's in three weeks, okay. So, I've, I've got I've got a two-sided approach to this. I hate fat diets yeah. and juice diets as a, a dieting. Uh, way forward so if it's a case of I want to lose weight to be in really good shape in six months in one year in two years fat diets are not going are not the way forward because they're just a quick fix if it's a case of yeah. I'm getting married and I'm going to take photos in two or three weeks time um, and I just want to shift some weight very quickly for those photos okay they're not that's the only time I would probably say right they're not healthy they're not going to create a good dieting approach towards food but if that's what your only goal is, they're not a replacement. Yeah, they're not a. If that's your only goal right now, is just to look good for a photo in three weeks, and you've got a lot of weight to lose. Okay, then that could be an approach you could adopt. But long, long term, yeah. it's definitely not the way forward. It doesn't work for people. Time and time again, people will jump from diet to diet. Like I say to people, you have a diet already. You have a diet. We all have diets. It's the food we eat on face to face. If your if your diet's not working, yeah. you just need to change the amount of foods you're eating, or to change. Or you need to be eating foods you enjoy. So just drinking liquids like how long are you going to do that like you can't drink juice diets for the rest of your life you're not going to be able to go for a meal in a restaurant with your family and friends and go yeah i'll have the orange juice please like you have to realize that this this has to be something that has to be ingrained into your day-to-day and that's something i work with all my clients is i look at their I, first thing i always do is ask them for a food diary for three days just to get an idea of what their their foods that they're eating like just tell me exactly what yeah. and, and i will try to build a nutrition approach as closely as possible to the foods that they're normally eating because ultimately any diet won't work on somebody's enjoying it and it's sustainable so um that's my top thing on, on dieting but fat diets yeah so sorry about the the, the answer there is not really clear it's if it's three weeks yeah go for it if, if you just want to get in shape for a picture but if it's long term and you want to lose weight over the next month two months not sustainable months, yeah it's just not going to work simple as no so for a short fix, maybe, but definitely not sustainable. Yeah. Brilliant. Good man. Kieran, starved cardio or, you know, fasted cardio. Is it a myth or do you believe in it? Um, it's, uh, it, it, is it a myth in the sense that it burns body fat quicker? Yeah. So for example, like, you know that viewpoint that wake up in the morning, get your cardio done, go a run before you eat so that the energy you're using is from your body fat opposed to energy you've just taken on board yeah no that that's a myth like at the end of the day uh like the whole thing is the amount of uh, body fat you're going to reduce and lose comes down to the amount of calories you consume now if you eat all your daily calorie amount in one meal or you space it over six meals it doesn't make a difference and there's another myth yeah. out there you may i don't know yeah. if you ask it to me should i can i eat after 6 p.m and a lot of people are like i can't eat before i go to bed it's going to sit in my stomach and for some magical reason it's just going to stay there longer than if I was eating earlier on in the day it doesn't make a difference your body's still going to yeah. use it as energy so um so it is a myth in the sense now one thing I would say with fasted cardio 
can work in the sense that you feel better doing it because one, you don't feel sluggish, you don't have a meal and you can actually just get your cardio done. And so if people eat before they go running, you know, it's not an ideal thing, you might feel sick. But if it's a case of you're going to burn more fat, no, that's a myth. Brilliant, Kieran. And Kieran, last one, very, very important. It's probably the biggest, biggest question I have for you. Raw egg. Raw, <laughs> raw egg. Have you ever tried them? Do you, know, yeah. do you know what I have tried? Put the hairs in your chin. You have? I had. I tried it once with my grandfather when I was about. I, oh, I was supposed to be about ten or eleven, and uh, he put he put yeah. two eggs into a pint glass, and he chugged them, and he said, "You're not going to be able to do that." And I was like, "Watch me!" And I did it. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> as, as as a better way to get your nutrients, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise it. Um, cook up those eggs make them scramble whatever you want so I had scrambled eggs this morning like there's no way I would have raw eggs not a whole no way so, so it's a bit unnecessary then <laughs> just a small bit unnecessary yeah that's a bit that's a bit rocky <laughs> right there, isn't it that was rough was that part that's of what rocky? I'm thinking yeah that's what it was he used to go in four in the morning before the Apollo fight worked out well for him <laughs> here Kieran thank you very much big man that's that's everything I have Kieran, just quickly, can you let people have tried there over the past few weeks to let people know where they can find you and the services that you provide? Would you just quickly like to tell people what type of programs you're offering, that you're running, and where they can find you? Yeah, amazing. So I suppose the best place you can probably find me is on Instagram, kmfitness underscore PT. Um, or you can head over to my website, which is kmfitness.online that has kind of information on all my programs. But um, in relation to the programs I offer, I have a one-to-one -one VIP coaching service. Again, you can find out information on that on the website. I have my eight-week Lean Professional, which is, uh, again, an eight-week online program with the coaching, nutrition, training, the whole lot. The, thing, the program you were actually on, Sean. And at the moment, actually, with this coronavirus going on, and just as a way to support people and give people an outlet to give some ideas and, and workouts and things like that, I've started my 21-day uh, challenge, which is a free Facebook group. Um, the link is actually my Instagram bio. So again, I would encourage anybody, if, if you're struggling right now with motivation, you don't really know what to do because your gym is closed or whatever it is, there's a community of people in there just sharing recipes, sharing training ideas. And I'm just there to maybe answer some questions people have. And it's just a nice nice community I'm just trying to build over the next number of weeks. Um, so you can find that group on my Instagram page and just click the link. I'll, I'll add you straight in there. And yeah, just again, Instagram is probably the best. I'm on that most of the time. But Facebook as well, Kieran McMahon, my personal page. People can get me on that as well. Oh, Super. And Kieran, just on that. What's sorry? And the podcast, the Lean Teacher podcast. Oh, well. don't forget about the podcast, Kieran. Go ahead. I feel like I'm Ryan Puberty and you're trying to do shootouts here. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. And there's a, go ahead, tell them about the podcast, Ian. Yeah, the Lean Teacher Podcast. So again, similar to yourself, just strategies to help young, busy professionals um, get in, in good shape, whether it's improving their sleep, daily habits, training, interviews with people like yourself. And uh, yeah, so just you get that on Apple or, or on iTunes or on Spotify, the Lean Teacher Podcast, yeah. Very good. And Kieran, just one last question. Say, for example, somebody is wanting to join your, your recent group over the head of what's going on at the moment with COVID-19. Yeah. Is there a certain gap of number of people that can join that group or is it okay for anybody that's, to that's join? A, that's a free open group, the more the merrier. So I say to people, let their friends and family know, even if it's just a case of you might just get a recipe that you might use, do you know what I mean? Or a workout. There's loads of just free content, yeah. free support. And as I said, I think now more so than ever is a great time to just 
be there for the people because a lot of people can visit their friends or family and they might be stuck at home for a number of hours and even log on to Facebook, see what other people are doing, share your wins, share your uh, struggles and it's just some support which I think is super important right now. So yeah, open to everybody. Beautiful, Kian. Beautiful. Great way to end it as well. Thanks very much, big man. And I look forward to seeing how you progress in the upcoming months. Good man. Keep her lit. Shawnee, thanks a million, buddy. Great chatting to you. Top man. Well, there you are. There's your portion of food for thought. They mull over for the, the next couple of days, maybe even a week. Um, absolutely brilliant stuff from Kieran. Always great to be chatting to him. Even better to have him on the podcast. Hopefully, hopefully it's the, the first of many. Um, and before I let you go to enjoy your weekend, I just want to remind you that you're doing a good job. Keep up what you're doing. Keep going. And keep faith in the fact that our day will eventually come where normality will resume and all will be back to normal. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves and please take care of others by being sensible. Off you go, enjoy your weekend and I'll speak to you very, very soon. Bye-bye.